You're listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast created to help parents disciple their adopted or foster teenagers. Here are your hosts, Arthur C. Woods and Elizabeth Joy Woods. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast. This is episode number six. My six name, oh. six, no, not not six oh, <laughs> oh six. This is not episode 60. We're no. not quite there yet. My name is Arthur C. Woods, and I am joined today, as always, by the always lovely, the always talented, my wife and yours. No, not yours. Well, no, not, not everyone's. Not everyone's. Just my wife, Elizabeth Joy Woods. I was literally, like, ugly face yawning while he said that. <laughs> it's the truth. Wow. Well, happy uh, Orphan Sunday to you. Yay! I don't know. I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't think you wish someone a happy Orphan Sunday. <laughs> like, it's not like Christmas. Like, oh, yay, Christmas. We're celebrating. It's good. Like, Orphan Sunday is more reflective. Like, of why are there so many orphans? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like okay. If- so, let me just back up a second. I just heard a Francis Chan book. I was le- reading, not reading it, but listening to it because you bought it for me. And because um, I've been trying to read it for months and, like, I don't have time to read uh, because my children are always climbing on me. But anyway, point is that he said, why do we need to hear a voice from God to take care of the orphans? Why don't we just assume he wants us to take care of the orphans and stop and we'll stop if we hear a voice from God telling us to stop. And I was just like, eh, go Chan. That makes sense. <laughs> anyway, there's your conviction for the day. He, I was moving say, on. Francis Chan always bringing the voice of conviction. I love it. He's I moving, love it. He's moving to China now to be a missionary. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. You know what that means? No. Okay. That means he's way better than I am. <laughs> no, that's cool, though. I love Francis Chan. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, we should probably get moving uh, on what we want to talk about today. But maybe before we kind of talk about some new content, maybe we should just uh, review where we've been in this uh, Trusting the God of the Gospel series. That's and me. specifically where we were last time. Right. So typically what we do in this podcast is we go through and we try to discuss specific gospel concepts or words that might be hard for adopted and foster teenagers to fully embrace. Things that we use all the time in our gospel talk, uh, but things that, words that might be challenging for kids who have gone through trauma and specifically teens because they're in a fun stage of life. Uh, We talk about those things and try and break them down so that we can be reflective and, and specific and intentional when we use those words. That is what we do. Awesome. So last week, we spoke about trust, and our breakdown of that word was obviously our kids lack the ability to trust because people have hurt them in the past, Um, but we really encouraged parents to try and um, disciple their kids to trust God first Mm -hmm. and trust people second. If you're able to trust God, you'll be able to trust the people that he's brought into their lives. So the obviously the response to that is something that we hear all the time about anything that's challenging is, I can't, I can't. So um, we came back to that and thought, what if you could? Right. What like, if you could? Right. So what would need to be true for you to be able to trust people or trust God? What would be able, what would need to be true for you to be able to trust God? And knowing that, knowing that leading to um, trusting God leads to trusting in the people that he put in your life and trusting the people that he put in your life leads to trusting God. It's a wonderful cycle. Yeah, I love it. In fact, when I was growing up, 
in fact, probably when you were growing up, even though you're a little younger than me. Just a bit. Uh, there was that old Sunday school song of trust and obey for there's no, no other, other way, way to, be to be happy in Jesus. Yep. And there's a correlation there that I never thought of when I was five years old, but I put it together in, in adulthood. But trust leads to happiness. Uh, so as we're talking about how do we trust people, we say, well, trust God first. Right. And then when we're trusting God it's going to lead to happiness. It's going to lead to the joy of the Lord. It's going to lead to happiness in Jesus. So there's certainly some benefits to uh, to getting our teenagers to the point where they can trust. Yes, I totally agree. But that was last week. We're not talking about trust this week. What are we talking about? Well, here, well, I'm so glad you asked. Here's the big <laughs> idea. I've been pruned uh, well at this co-host yeah, thing. <laughs> it's such a, such a good transition. The big idea for today is uh, is as God forgave us, so we should forgive others. Boom. That's a little Deal. challenging. Yeah, chew on that for a little. As God forgave us, so we should forgive others. I need to forgive people every time I walk into the bathroom. It's like literally a thing for me right now. I'm sorry. I walk into the bathroom and one of my children has gotten out of the shower and there's water everywhere. Like I have this big lush mat right outside of the bathtub and they do their best to like step over it and splash water everywhere. And I feel you. But I also feel like the kind of forgiveness we're talking about today may be a little bit deeper. Okay, water well, on well the wait for it. Wait, I was only a third of the way into my story. Oh, boy. I walk into the bathroom. I go over to use the toilet. <clears throat> there is a hand sanitation wrapper in the commode. Now, I didn't use it. You didn't use it. Someone put it there. Do we say commode in our family? No, but I figured on a podcast, it was more more professional. So, of course, mom gets to dig it out, right? Okay. So then I finally wash my hands and I get into the shower. I'm standing there and someone has used my loofah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what you do with a loofah? I've never used a loofah. I I don't. spell it. I don't own one. I don't want anyone else using my loofah. And that happened within the first five minutes. So although I, I agree, forgiveness that we're talking about is on a deeper level. There are a lot of compounding little annoyances that I need to use forgiveness for every time I walk yeah, into the bathroom. Sounds like you have some forgiveness issues. I do. <laughs> well, that's a word we use quite a lot in uh, in kind of Christian circles. Uh, what would you say forgiveness actually is if we kind of had to define it a little bit? Forgiveness is truly the canceling of a debt that is owed. So anger is like the crossing of a line. Someone's crossed your line and you're angry. It's a very selfish self-fulfilling emotion and forgiveness is the opposite of that forgiveness is canceling the debt that they've crossed when they cross that line yeah so it's it's you know in many ways taking it into the context of our adopted and foster teenagers they've been hurt deeply by people yeah and in some ways you could argue that they have the right to to withhold forgiveness from those people um but when you do forgive them, you're basically canceling the debt that they owe you. Right. The the right that you have to be angry, the right that you have to be bitter, the right that you have to get revenge or hold it against them, you're canceling that debt. You're and giving up those rights. You're giving up those rights, and that is difficult. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's very, um, I think it's very freeing, but it's also incredibly challenging. Yeah. So why do you think we should forgive? Well, I mean, as Christians, we want to reflect Christ. I mean, he is the ultimate example of forgiveness. You know, bearing our 
the weight of our sin on the cross and forgiving us. But the Bible tells us to forgive as Christians. The Bible tells us to, to reach out to others and to forgive them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think some of it is you could just say, why do we forgive? Well, just out of obedience to God's command to forgive. Uh, I think there's other other even more perhaps practical ways that when we forgive, it allows us to just release the burden of bitterness off our own shoulders. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Yeah, it really is. And holding, you know, withholding forgiveness from someone, if if nothing else, is bad for us. It's just not good. Um, but getting back to kind of like what you were talking about with, with Jesus, Ephesians 4.32, because we like to bring scripture in from time mm-hmm. to time, says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So there's this correlation of of Jesus forgave you, God forgave you. Now you need to go and forgive others. Yeah, unfortunately, that kind of puts it all into perspective for us, you know? Yeah, it really does. And I think that's that's a good thing. But why would you say it's it's difficult for adopted or foster teenagers to forgive? Well, I think there's two major challenges when you're talking about forgiveness with foster and adopted teenagers. I think that you're talking about the difference between true forgiveness, which like you said, is a release of the bitterness that you could hold against that person versus, I don't care, it's fine, I'm done, Yeah, it's in the past, it's okay. And clearly that person who's saying those things is not has not been released of bitterness. Exactly. They're still letting anger and unforgiveness rule in their heart. Maybe not in every part of their life, but in this instance, yes. Right. So that's one of the huge challenges. I think the second huge challenge is that our kids don't really know what um, what the boundaries are when it comes to forgiveness. Like forgiveness is great and I want my children to forgive, but I don't want them to think that with forgiveness comes um, a close intimate relationship like I've forgiven them so we can be BFFs forever and right, ever exactly. now you know so like understanding that forgiveness is one thing but boundaries and relationship are still um, okay and could and you know should be expected yeah in fact you know returning to the person who say abused you uh, that's that's not forgiveness no that's, that's probably not a wise choice but that doesn't mean you can't forgive that person and I think it's also important that we look at forgiveness as as a progression, as a journey. You know, when when God through Jesus forgave us, it was kind of, in a sense, binary. It was, we're not forgiven, Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and boom, now we are forgiven. It right. happened immediately. Right. But we ain't God. Right. We ain't Jesus, and it's going to take us a little longer in many cases to truly forgive someone. So when we look at forgiveness, I think for us in human terms, we can look at it as a as a journey that we begin and hopefully get to a point where at one day we can say, I completely and fully forgive this person. Yeah, I, I think that's important to say. I also think that the one who is forgiving might return to the one who needs the forgiveness, but only uh, at a level of maturity and understanding and self-rootedness that comes with years of after years of healing, I think. Right. So I think there's forgiveness that's able to be offered in various levels, and then the return of the relationship is also going to be happening at various levels based on that specific situation and the growth that of those people involved. Yeah, you're right. And, and without getting giving any details away of, of our own kids and their stories, there's forgiveness that they need to have but we and and we encourage them to do that. But we would not encourage them to go back and to, you know to the people that, that right. hurt them in the first place. Yeah, right. They're not there yet. 
So knowing all this stuff and thinking about all this, how do we help our adopted and foster teenagers to truly embrace forgiveness? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I think there's, I think there's three ways to look at it. Number one, I think it is crucial, absolutely essential, that we help our teenagers understand the gospel, the magnitude of their own sin, and just the abundance of grace and mercy they received when God, through Christ, forgave them. Yeah. So I think for many of our kids, they don't necessarily have a full understanding of the gospel. They don't necessarily know just how bad their sin is in relation to a holy God, and they don't realize how tremendous the sacrifice of Jesus was right how much grace and mercy God showed us and I think if we can get them to a point where they start to really understand that then maybe the forgiveness that they have to offer won't seem quite as as uh, difficult to come to when they look at it in light of what Christ did for them. So an understanding of the gospel, I think, is huge. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I would venture to say that most Christians, most adult Christians don't have a good concept of that either. Like, I'm still working on that. Like, I need to be made aware of how holy God is and how huge my, what a blemish my sin is. Um, So yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, kind of, unfortunately, it starts with, you know, the gospel is the good news, but unfortunately, it begins with the bad news. Yeah, because it's pretty crappy news. Yeah, I think we, our kids need to understand just how bad the bad news really is. I mean, it is bad. Right. And so we kind of, in a sense, we tear them down, tear ourselves down. It's not just them. We're, we've all been torn down, but we tear them down to build them back up with the good news of Jesus Christ. Right. So I think that the second one I would say in terms of how do we help our, our teenagers embrace forgiveness would actually just be this, and this is kind of a challenge to us as parents, model forgiveness to our teenagers. Yo. We... We have people in our life, whether it's one of our kids coming out of the shower and making the whole bathroom uh, wet. It's like a flood. Or or whatever it is, we have someone, we always have people in our life that we might hold bitterness toward or we might have unforgiveness for. And our kids will see that, especially if we're vocal about it. But if we flip that and and we let our kids know that, hey, this person hurt me, this person said this, but we're actually going, I'm actually going to forgive them. Right. And we're modeling that. It's a great example for them to then, in turn, be able to begin forgiving the people that hurt them. Yeah, I think that's really challenging to adults, too, because you also need to be able to truly forgive instead of just be like, no, 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 I don't care. It's fine. It's over. Right. And and not hold on to that bitterness. You know, I think that's really challenging. Yeah, I think it is. So modeling uh, forgiveness to our teenagers. So number one, helping them understand the gospel. Number two, modeling forgiveness to them. And then number three is kind of a little exercise that that we would have them go through. Uh, In fact, this is, uh, I believe this exercise is actually in the workbook of the Trusting the God of the Gospel video series that that we put together. And here's what we ask the kids to do. Write six people in their life, and and let's be honest, most of our adopted and foster teenagers can find at least six people in their life that they have not forgiven. Someone that has has hurt them or perhaps uh, abused them, neglected them, uh, abandoned them, whatever the case may be someone that they have not been able to offer forgiveness to yet and list six people and put them in the order of here would be number one here would be the easiest person for me to forgive like what they did to me maybe wasn't that bad or what they said maybe wasn't that bad so let's let's start there and then as we go one two three four five six six is the one like that's the big one that's the one that's like I honestly don't know if I will ever get to the point 
here on earth where I'm able to forgive this person. We list them in order from easiest to hardest. And then we just kind of, in a sense, start working through the list. Let's start with the easy one. What would you have to do to forgive this person? And so you're kind of setting a tone of forgiveness already. You're, you're, you're setting a trajectory of forgiveness. And if they can get to the point where they can forgive that first person, the quote unquote easy person, you know, praise God, that's awesome. And then that might give them some motivation to say, all right, well, let's step up a little bit. Let's see if we can forgive the second person right. on the list. And and maybe eventually as you, as you step your way through all six, maybe you get to that big number six one and, and over time, maybe you really can offer forgiveness to that person. Yeah, I think we need to pray for forgiveness, but I love your idea of like a cancellation of debt snowball. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some Dave Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> Dave I think we Ramsey quoted Dave there. Ramsey in this podcast and Michael, Michael Hyatt, Hyatt in the previous. And week. we are officially outed as nerds. Yeah. <laughs> podcast nerds. Yeah. We want that. We want that gazelle intensity when it comes to uh, debt forgiveness. forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's really a financial podcast when it comes down to it. <sighs> so I think that's, I think that's how I would look at it. So we understand that that our adopted and foster teenagers are going to have huge problems forgiving people that have hurt them in their past. And of course they will. We understand that and we would have the same problems. But how do we get them to a point where they can begin forgiving? I think number one, we help them understand the gospel. Number two, we model forgiveness to them. And number three, let's have them, let's have them write out the people who have hurt them, the right. people they can't, they can't seem to forgive and start forgiving the easy ones right and and let that let that debt snowball uh, start going down <laughs> start going down the hill yeah i love that i love all of that i think that it's just really important to pray for forgiveness as well the power of prayer is strong and forgiveness is truly a superpower so yeah that's awesome i like that um next time we're going to be talking about control, control. no i want to say it <laughs> let me say it I'm, I'm going to say control. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to sit out for the next one. <laughs> yeah, The next episode will just be me. I will literally not be allowed to say anything. However, I will be downstairs in the living room crying on the couch. No, it's not that bad, right? No, it's not. No. It's not at all. But um, you've come a long way, sweetie. Thank you. Yeah. So next time we're going to be talking about control, which is like exactly what every foster care and adopted kid wants and exactly what none of us have. I, that is true. I've got a fun story to tell about a kid who wouldn't drink her orange juice oh my because gosh. she simply wanted control. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you think I'm bad with the bathroom? Yeah. Our floor is rotting away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully this was helpful. We'll see you next time on Trusting the God of the Gospel. See you guys. Today's episode was brought to you by the Trusting the God of the Gospel video series. For more information on this powerful discipleship resource for adopted and foster teenagers, visit trustingthegodofthegospel.com forward slash shop. If you found today's content valuable, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information on your hosts, Arthur and Elizabeth, please visit them at arthurcwoods.com or elizabethjoywoods.com. Thanks for listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast.